Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Galatians chapter 6. We saw Ephesians chapter 6 last week. I'm not going to recant that. If you missed last week, you definitely need to get in, get online and get it, hear it. We began talking about weariness and how the tactic of the enemy, knowing that he cannot overcome you and knowing that he's not stronger than you, not greater than you, his tactic then becomes to outlast you. If I can stand longer than you can stand. And so we heard last week that in these last days, we need the church of the living God at full strength. Full strength. This halfway stuff isn't going to cut it anymore. Coming in, wore out, burning the candle at both ends isn't going to cut it anymore. We need the church at full strength. We saw that we're supposed to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That when you've done all to stand, stand, resist, outlast, withstand. We're looking for the last man standing. The church ought to be the last man standing. Will you stand longer than the oppression against you? Will you remain confident? Will you remain fixed? Will you remain in faith? And so this wavering is what can show up. This wavering, this, um, ah, James calls it the double-minded man. He's unstable in all his ways because one second he stands and then the next he falters. You can stand in here in the environment of worship teams and a pastor challenging you and charging you and surrounded by other believers, but then we get home in isolation and we get home in front of the very challenge at odds against us uh, uh, you know, standing against us, and all of a sudden we begin to waver. Doubt begins to show up. Fear begins to creep in. So we've got to withstand. We've got to outlast. We've got to remain in what God's Word tells us. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. The New King James reads this way. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now look at verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap. If we do not lose heart. He says, let us not grow weary while doing good. This is the key. As many times we think weariness or being battle tested is an indication of doing the wrong thing. And he says, no, you can be doing the right thing and still become susceptible to weariness. Still become susceptible to uh, a, a wavering. 
many times we're doing the right thing, but doing it the wrong way. And this wears us out. But this weariness comes to all of us at some point. So how do we combat this weariness? How do we ward off this weariness? In the Amplified, it reads this way in verse 9. Look at this in verse 9 of the Amplified. And let us not lose heart and grow weary in, and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time, at the appointed season, we shall reap. And then it goes on to say this. If we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. He starts off by saying, do not lose heart. Many times where we begin to lose the battle isn't even on the outside, it's on the inside. If the enemy can defeat us inside, then he's easily got us whipped on the outside. It's about staying in the fight in your spirit. Remaining passionate, keeping the drive, keeping the urgency. And so we're even seeing this in our world today, that there, it, it's wear down tactics. Right? They know that there are some that are going to be hard pressed uh, and, and remain vigilant in, in some ways. And so it, be, they, it becomes a tactic of theirs to wear down over time. To destroy and to deteriorate your courage. And deteriorate your vigilance. And deteriorate your resolve against something. And so we have to remain strengthened. Where? In our spirit. This is where we leave ourselves vulnerable and susceptible is things begin to address our spirits. In these last days, we, are, we as Christians and we as the church are going to have to guard our mind and our heart greater than we ever have before. Forget about guarding your body. Forget about uh, uh, protecting your flesh. What you really need to be guarding is you can't even see it. It's on the inside. And people are masking up and doing all these other natural measures, but they're leaving their hearts and their minds and their spirits open to all kinds of destruction. We've got to do better about this, guys. We have to do better about guarding. It says the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. It will literally set up a guard at the fence, at the gate, and not let anything through. What kind of guards do you have set up in your life? What do those safeguards look like? Is, does, does anything and everything have access to your spirit? Does every little thing that you read and every little thing you have a do you have any kind of filter in your life? Do you have anything in position that says, whoa, no, we're, we're, we're not feeding on that. It's not allowed. That's literally what that word means. That word guard, the peace of God will guard your heart. It's a militaristic term. It's literally a militaristic term of, of, of guards standing at a gate, not allowing things through. So we have to do better with our spirits. This is where we get wore down as believers. 
This is where we begin to succumb. This is where we begin to give the enemy a foothold. This is, look, go, go, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3, the New King James. In alignment with what we heard last week, we do not war against flesh and blood. Verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, that means we live in the flesh. We live in this temporal suit. We live in this body. We live in what you see. But we don't war. How many believers just on that verse alone are living confused? They think because we live in the flesh, we war the flesh. They think because I live in this natural realm, then that must be where my battle is. That must be where my fight is. And as we said last week, if you take on battles that you shouldn't be fighting, you won't have the energy for the ones you ought to be fighting. We're fighting with our brother and our sister and our politician and our government leader and our school board attendant and all these other messed up things that we see in the earth. And then the enemy's just sitting over on the side, you know, with his arms folded just like, I got you. You ain't got nothing left for me. Distracted. Taking on every battle that comes our way. He says we walk in the flesh, but we do not war in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So here's the next thing that happens. If you think that you walk in the flesh, therefore I war in the flesh, then guess what? The next W is you'll start using weapons in the flesh. I walk in the flesh, therefore I must war in the flesh, therefore I must use weapons in the flesh. And it says that these weapons that we're supposed to be, they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Strongholds, things that have set up a territory. That's what a stronghold is. When you, in a, in a militaristic form, in a militaristic term, a stronghold is something that has uh, it, it's a base. It's a campsite. It's not something that someone visits. They've literally set up camp there. That's a stronghold. That it's a, it's a burden that you deal with all the time. If you deal with an addiction, you, you're dealing with the stronghold. You don't address strongholds with natural tactics and natural weapons. You have to implement some spiritual stuff. You've got to implement some some stuff in a realm you cannot see. And y'all better just get ready to hear more about the spirit than you do about the natural because that's where the battle is. That's where the war is. And the enemy's got you distracted and confused thinking that it's this person and that person and this organization and that denomination. He's got you all in an uproar about stuff that doesn't even matter while we're laying, letting things go that do matter. There are demonic forces. There are strongholds. There are principalities and powers. And it's time for us to start addressing these things. My wife and I, just a few months ago, I would probably say maybe three or four months ago, we began praying together and began writing down what we felt were strongholds in this region. I mean, literally in this region. You know, territorially, that the enemy will set up strongholds in a region. And there are strongholds that are set up in Valdosta, Georgia. There are strongholds that are set up in the south. There are strongholds, and some of them we posture up and celebrate. 
But I'm telling you right now, we are about to address these as a church together. And many of them are going to be your sacred cows. And you'll have to make a choice. Am I going to address that? Am I going to challenge that as a stronghold? Or am I going to accept my man-made tradition of something? Yeah. It's coming. Y'all are like, well, we want to know what those strongholds are. Not tonight. (laughs) Oh, I know better than to release something before you're ready for it. Y'all won't even come to hear what a stronghold is and how to tear it down and how to identify it because the the second I name one of the strongholds, half the church is going to be like, we up out of here. I got to set you up first. I can't just start giving you the stuff at the end. You can't handle it. Jesus even said, there's things I want to tell you, you can't handle it. But when the Holy Spirit comes, But yeah, there's strongholds right here in this region. We're going to address them. He says, we do not, we we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down these strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought, everyone say every thought. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I want to read this to you in the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation, verse 3. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture Like prisoners of war. Are you seeing the wording here? Like prisoners of war. Every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. What's the key? The key is just because the thought comes doesn't mean it has to stay. And where we go wrong is a thought comes knocking at the door and we give it free rent in our mind. We give it free room and board. And then some of us, we even go a step further and we give it a meal every now and then. We feed it. We water it. We take care of it. Is there anything else that I can give you fear? Is there anything else you need, Mr. Fear? Come on in. I got a room right over here for you. Would you like a hot meal? Would you like a shower? You need your bedding changed? We take care of it rather than kicking it out the second it comes knocking at the door. 
We've got to learn how to take thoughts captive. You know where people are really wore out. You know, last week I joked that, you know, you ask somebody, how you doing? And the automatic impulse response is, I'm, look, you already know. Tired. You know, physically you're stronger than you think you are. Oh, I know condemnation wants to come all over you right now. Forever uttering, I'm tired. I know. Don't think just because I preach these things that I don't have to deal with the confrontation as well. There's plenty of times that I've said, I'm tired. Plenty of times I've woken up tired, gone to bed tired, start something tired and end something tired and just tired, tired, tired. But you know what I've learned to figure out? You know what I've learned to to nail down is I'm not really tired in my body. It's a mental drain. It's a mental weariness. I speak to our minds right now. We have the minds of Christ in the name of Jesus. We have clear thinking, clarity of thought, clarity of decisiveness. See, when when we get wore down in our thinking, then an enemy can slip things in and we become we become lazy at the gate. <laughs> our guards aren't uh, Yeah, come on in. I, I don't feel like battling that today. We, we, we get drained in our mental capacity. And we've got to keep our minds sharp in these last days. We've got to be decisive. Uh, we can't have double standard Christians. Double weighed Christian. Double minded Christian. Double idea Christian. In one day, out the other. No, we need to be Sharp, consistent, confrontational, direct, deliberate, intentional, decisive. If the enemy can get you off of your game mentally, he's got you. The battle is won and lost in the mind. That's the battlefield. That's where he messes with you. You've heard me say for the longest time that the enemy can't put anything on you. You have to accept it and receive it. That might sound different. That might sound weird. The enemy doesn't have free access to you. The only place that he has access to you in your life is your thinking. And if you accept it, then you accept what he brings. But if I reject the thought, I'll reject the disease. I'll reject the fear. I'll reject the manipulation. I'll reject the attack itself. We've got to be better armed in our minds. We've got to be better armed in our thinking. We've got to be more deliberate and more decisive. You need a clear mind in these last days. You need to be, uh, you need to have a mind of Christ in these last days. Don't just spout off the first thing that comes to you. What would Jesus say? What does his word say? How would he respond to this? Before you post it, think about it. Before you comment on it, think about it. Before you share it, think about it. Before you have the conversation, think about it. Before you respond, think about it. Because if the enemy can get you doing things without even thinking, 
I don't know about you, but I, I rarely make a good choice with little thought. <laughs> I rarely do the right thing without thinking. But if we can get our minds back, we can start guarding our spirits. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.